There's a very large mental component to it. Like it's sort of like you were saying with the environment, you can look at this as a restrictive thing that you're doing that you might not enjoy, or you can look at it from the other side and say, this regime is adding structure to my life and it's grounding me. I'm seeing what I'm capable of, which is amazing. When, when else do you have the chance to push yourself to the utmost physical limits or mental limits or, or anything like that? Because you sort of remove that barrier of, I need to be reasonable and, and balanced. And you just let yourself go in that one direction as hard as you can, which was an amazing mental challenge as well as a physical challenge. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. One day not too long ago, I was wasting time reading Reddit, of all places, and I subscribed to a community that's vegan fitness. And I see a couple posts from a woman who has won a competition as a vegan bodybuilder, that alone would be very interesting. And she won the competition at the University of Pennsylvania, where I went for a little while. So it was connected to where I spent time. And then I looked her up more. Her message was not just, I'm a vegan or I'm a bodybuilder, but it was really helping others get over the hurdles of some of the challenges that people face, some of the inhibitions that people have. And it seemed to overlap with my message, or I think what will be an effective message on the environment. And so I contacted her and she was very happy to share If you're listening to this but haven't gone to my site, go to the site and check out the pictures of her and her videos. They're not professional, but they're from the heart. And I wanted to get that out there because I think a lot of people feel like the environment is presented as kind of drudgery or something you don't want to do. And people talk about healthy eating that way and people talk about exercise that way. The people I know who get it, they love it. And I wanted to bring that voice out from someone who has experience living it and winning competitions at it and enjoying it. Without further ado, let's listen to Vanessa Herring. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with, should I say Vanessa or Van Herring? Why not Vanessa? Vanessa, okay. And welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I've been looking forward to this conversation, especially since our last conversation. And especially since finding out about you. So I'm going to fill in the audience, the listeners, that I found you on Reddit's, of all places in Reddit, on the community on vegan fitness if I remember right. And you were writing about how you had won the University of Pennsylvania bodybuilding competition as a vegan. And right there, that would have been enough. You're at University of Pennsylvania Wharton. I'm from Philadelphia. So you're in Philadelphia. You were interested in fitness and diet. That alone would have been enough. But when I watched your videos, you're not just, I'm not sure exactly, I don't know why other people would try to be bodybuilders or try to compete in this. I mean, I have some ideas, but for you, there was something more that it seemed like influencing others, bringing something to others was a big part of it. Like, it's not like you were doing it for yourself. Am I reading that right? And if so, could you clarify? 
Yeah, absolutely. I I think uh, you're right on the mark there. So I had a a few reasons for doing it. Firstly, personal motivation. I wanted to see what the peak level of fitness and performance was that that I could achieve. And I thought going back to school, that's a great opportunity and time for me to, to devote to that. But then on the other hand, I really wanted to promote this idea that as a vegan, you can be very fit and live a normal life and go to school and do all these things. And it's not something that's outside the mainstream, but it's something that's that's achievable and, and that people can thrive on. And I thought having this uh, competition at the University of Pennsylvania would be a good platform to show my peers around me um, that this this is what being a vegan can look like. So that was also a real driving uh, source of motivation for me. So the vegan came first were you athletic before? Oh, wait, there's the before and after pictures, which I'll have to put up so the viewers can see if that's cool with you. I mean, you posted them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so how did the vegan come about? I mean, there's lots of different reasons I could imagine. How many of them apply to you? Right. So I think it was really an evolution for me. And I, it's kind of interesting with the env- environmental uh, standpoint. That was actually one of one of the last things that, that came to mind for me with this lifestyle choice. Firstly, it, I started off uh, doing it for health reasons. I'd seen a lot of uh, people close to me have sort of health issues and turn to that uh, diet to to get better. And that was something that I wanted to do myself. I'd sort of put it off in the back of my head, but I thought I should really uh, spend more time getting as healthy as I could while I still am young and have the opportunity to practice preventative health in my own life. But then as I started researching more about it and learning more about the animal cruelty side of things and also the environmental impacts, it really just became this whole package of things where I was thinking, why would I turn my back on all this information when this, this one choice that I make can have such an impact on the lives of others, be it in the agriculture environment where people are having to, you know, go through something that's probably very hard for them, killing animals. And I can reduce the human suffering for for having that type of job. I can reduce animal suffering. I can have an amazing impact on the environment and I can feel the healthiest I've ever felt and save a bunch of money uh, not buying meat and dairy anymore. So that's sort of where I started with veganism. However, when I was first pursuing it, I didn't really realize that, you know, there's healthy ways to be a vegan and there's other ways. And I found all the other ways first. So I was still eating processed food, French fries, Oreos, uh, sort of uh, junk food. And I, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So that's when I took a step back and decided to just totally change everything when it came to my approach to health. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You're, I also had a process of, of going through all these different things and how do people like it? I mean, it, did people join you in your endeavors or were they like, you go do that, I don't really care? Or were you not bringing others in on it? Yeah, I think I was really lucky that the people in my immediate circle and friends were very supportive of me doing that. And when we'd meet up as a group, they were very willing to go to vegan restaurants with me and things like that. So it was not that much of an issue in my personal life. It at least before I made the real transition to to bodybuilding, that became more of an issue. But that wasn't really the veganism. That was the the restrictive nature of counting my calories and having this intense training regime and things like that. But again, my core circle of people around me that I was surrounding myself with were really supportive of that and were willing to meet me halfway in terms of doing other activities that I could partake in, going to museums or going for walks and other things as opposed to the traditional sort of things that you do when you meet up with people, which is very often centered around food. 
or activities like that. You have to, uh, a friend of mine is visiting tonight and I have to miss meeting him because he's going to be in K-Town in, in Manhattan. And it's like this chicken place and there's nothing on the menu. Uh, whatever. That's <laughs> another, uh, there might be something, but I'm not, I'm not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, would meet I can really, yeah. And well, I want to jump ahead uh, past bodybuilding for a second because these videos that you made are really, are, okay, I think everyone should watch them. I think I can safely say they're not yet professionally produced. Is that, I, I don't think I'm hurting anyone's feelings there, right? Oh, not at all. If I, I'd be shocked if anyone watched them and thought they were. That's sort of me with my iPhone, but I'm hoping that in the future they're, they're going to become better in Vancouver. There's a lot of people in the film industry that I've been meeting with. So hopefully um, we can do some collaborations with uh, some better film producers and put up some better content for people. But their current state, of course, yeah. Well, I'm certainly a big fan of just getting started. Getting started is instead of like planning and plan. I mean, I spent much of my life planning before doing and too much. And so I have a feeling that whatever you get done, you're going to get done better for having done something than trying to, try to, make, than trying to make it perfect. So the ethos behind it is what really intrigued me because it seemed like one, I think, you, I, I think that before you said like, let's roll and after you said cut, I have a feeling you guys are all having fun. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe you're sweating it out. Uh, but I think, I think you must have planned it a lot and you worked out the shots, but I think you had a message. And I'm, I think it's like you're bringing joy, you're bringing fun, and I think also bringing unexpected discovery. And I think that's what most made me resonate with what I believe your message is because I feel like on the environment that's, I mean, the environment, diet, there's so much overlap between all these things, fitness as well that I feel like a lot of people feel like it's a burden and a chore or, I mean, you, you had a big thing on, if you go to the gym, like you're worried about people. Like, I know I took a long time to get to the gym when I was a kid because I thought all the muscular people went there and I don't have big muscles and I had it totally backward. It's not having muscles gets you into the gym. It's going to the gym builds you muscles. But <laughs> I get that. And I feel like you're trying to make things accessible and you're trying to share. Am I reading that right? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for saying that. I'm so glad that you enjoyed them. But yeah, I really just want to want to help other people as well because I've seen what it what these things have done in my own life and the difference in my happiness levels and and my joy and I if there's anything I can do to inspire or help or motivate or provide information to people so that they can have that same thing in their lives, I would love to do that. And especially when it comes to something as important as health and wellness. It's not just, you know, obviously bodybuilding is sort of a superficial endeavor um, by its nature, but health and wellness is not. And there are so many people in my life that I've spoken to who have health issues and they just, there's so much information out there and it's, it's hard for people to navigate. And if I can be one more voice advocating for something that, that is going to make a difference in someone's life, especially when people are undergoing a lot of serious issues these days with heart disease and, and type two diabetes and other lifestyle related things, um, that can really impact their lives. If I can help even a few people think about a different alternative that's maybe not being presented when they go to the doctor, I would love that. So if you're talking about people in your life, it sounds like there's a motivation and I don't want to get personal and, and stop me if I, I hope I don't, but stop me if I do that it sounds like they're people and, and you're seeing stuff around you and you're like, I would like to influence that person. And there's something personal involved. Maybe when you're at the gym, you're even thinking about that. I'm not sure. And if so, are you getting the reaction you were hoping for? Are people not just supporting you, but actually changing themselves? 
Absolutely. So there are several people, I guess. My my mom has struggled with different health issues over time, and she's taken a lot into her own hands and her own research, and she's been able to prolong her life a lot as compared to what was expected from her medically. And that's been a huge motivation. Likewise, I've had a family friend in the past who was struggling with heart disease, which was kind of uh, crazy given that he was actually cardiologist. So it's sort of right in his wheelhouse, but when it affected him personally, he still ended up looking for different answers beyond what he was aware of. And I was able to present. And again, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not a doctor. He's an expert in this field, but I just, I, if there was anything I could do to help, I had to try. So I gave him a book uh, called the China study, which goes over a lot of different sort of disease states, but one of them was heart disease and the impact of diet and lifestyle on that. And he made a lot of changes in his life um, and actually went vegetarian and was able to reverse a lot of his heart heart disease and issues with that and started recommending that to his patients in his own clinic. So seeing impact of, of people's lives around me and how that's helped them for sure is a motivation or even on less serious scales. When I was at uh, the University of Pennsylvania, I was posting a lot about the sort of things I was eating as part of my training re- uh, regime and the exercise I was doing. And uh, several people came up to me and said, hey, this gave me ideas for healthier things to cook. I'm eating more vegetables. I've lost 40 pounds. And that's amazing to me. You could feel, actually, I want to go back to the the doctor, the cardiologist. This reinforces, you know, I have plenty of degrees. And over and over again, I keep learning how people who study stuff well, let me put it this way. The, with the environment, I think we've been taking a lot of cues from scientists. And I think people want leadership. They want to know what to do, but scientists present facts. And facts are great. I'm a big fan of science. You'll find no bigger fan of science than me, but I do not expect scientists to influence people, even themselves. I mean, when you look at the conference, the environmental conferences, people are flying in from all over the world. And I'm sure that some <laughs> of that's not necessary. And so for cardiologists to have heart problems, is totally consistent with that. And I'm not surprised. Actually, I was thinking today of of like, I was lifting earlier and noticing, I'd been watching some videos on technique and form. And if I want to know about anatomy, would I go to a doctor or would I go to a weightlifter among many different athletes? (laughs) I think I'd probably go to the weightlifter. They probably know anatomy more viscerally, no pun intended. (laughs) That's actually exactly the approach I took. I sort of thought to myself, you know, if if what I'm doing isn't working, then that means I have to do something else. And I have to find someone who knows what that something else is. So I looked at my class of peers and I singled out the most jacked looking guy I could find. Who At first I thought he was insufferable, but we actually became very good friends. And I said, please, like you, you clearly know what you're doing at the gym. Let me follow you around and shadow you and, and learn and watch. And I did that for for a while until I was able to get sort of this um, vocabulary of different moves that I could put together to myself. But that was sort of my first instinct was I need to pick out someone who is succeeding. And oftentimes in exactly like you said, it's at a conference of environmentalists, but they're all flying in and they're perhaps uh, consuming things in a way that's not very environmentally friendly. I was sitting in a sustainability course at university and the professor had a plastic water bottle uh, that he was drinking from. So instead of looking at the people who are maybe, you know, experts, quote unquote, on paper, but looking at the people who are actually succeeding, looking at the athletes or people who are living, living examples of living their values, exactly like you're doing, it can sometimes, you know, be more helpful. 
I'm on my way. I, I'm, I'm not totally there. You know, everyone's always saying, Josh, you're so far out there. I'm like, I'm, I got a long way to go. And now I want to get into lifting weights or now would you say weightlifting or body? I mean, your goal is the goal of a bodybuilder is to sculpt the body. Am I right? Cause it, it could be lifting heavier weights, but it's not the same. Lifting heavier is not the same as building muscles. Is that right? That is right. So just lifting heavier and trying to succeed at that it is um, one thing, but bodybuilding is more the sculpting and aesthetic component of it, trying to be symmetrical and, and things like that. And big or, I mean, what are the goals? I mean, I feel like it's different for women than for men, but I'm not sure. I mean, it, maybe it goes down for to the individual individual case. Right. So for women, there are two main categories, either bikini or figure, and each of them has sort of different goals. So with figure, uh, you're really just trying to have the biggest muscles you can get all around symmetrical. Bikini is more like a classic, elegant look where you're trying to just be like a classic sort of bikini model type aesthetic. For our competition, given it was a university competition, pretty amateur, they didn't differentiate into those categories. So they just had all women together. And what were you, did you have specific goals or did you know that it was, I mean, how did you get started in it? If you don't mind my asking of all the things you could have picked. Well, I sort of had this thing in my mind that I've put a lot of effort and energy into my career and I've been promoted and sort of gone up through the ranks and a little bit in management consultant consulting, given my age. And then for education, I've now gone into this elite university, which I never beyond my wildest dreams thought I would have an opportunity like that. So I thought, well, what's left? What is the area in my life that I'm doing the worst at? Because that's where I need to focus my attention. It was my health and my fitness, um, which had suffered as a result of focusing so much on my career and my educational goals. So I just got this idea in my head that if, if I can get into this university and if I can get into this type of industry, you know, what's not rocket science is, is getting fit. I want to see if I put all that sort of attention and energy and I channel it in this direction, what can I achieve? So I really shifted my mindset from, I just want to lose a couple of pounds and sort of be an average weight to, I want to see what is the optimal level of fitness that I can achieve. So before I even decided to do the bodybuilding contest, I was just uh, going down that path. And then I saw some posters at it for university and I thought, what a great way for me to challenge myself to to be the best that I can, but also what a great platform for me to show the people at this university what's what's possible with this diet. Man, how did it feel being on stage performing? <laughs> uh, it was very, very nerve wracking. I've done theater for a lot of my life. So I'm used to being on stage, but this is obviously something very different. I was so fortunate that a lot of my friends came uh, to the show to support me and they had sort of giant banners that said things like hashtag plant protein, which is what I put on my social media a lot. So it's just a very supportive environment where my friends were there cheering for me, which which made it a lot better. But uh, yeah, you're obviously wearing almost nothing on stage. Uh, yeah, how would you describe the beginning of your routine? The beginning of my routine. Yeah. Um, For the second so some views. <laughs> <laughs> I presume so, that that's what you. I, I presume that you're what's your you're performing for is like to show off, right? I mean, what you've sculpted. Yeah, I mean, it is a superficial uh, form of competition where you are showing your body, and that is what it is. So, yeah, my routine was to sort of an old school song. And it's sort of like a dance, a combination between dance and posing uh, to do like a minute and a half routine, which I did and I choreographed. 
And I choreographed my friend's routine as well, um, which everyone thought was hilarious. Like, this is too a pretty funny song, but... Uh, yeah, and actually, your, yeah. your movement was really... It was, I, I was like, this is clearly rehearsed. You're not just going up and posing because like, you feel like it. It was really... Yeah, it was definitely rehearsed. <laughs> Late night at um, my apartment. <laughs> in front of the mirror with a video. In front of the mirror, yeah. Yeah, I had sort of a dance studio in my apartment. So I had this awkward thing where I would go down there in my bodybuilding sort of bikini and have to do it. And there's other people at the gym. So I try to do it late at night to, to sort of minimize the awkwardness of people watching you just standing in front of a bunch of mirrors, posing in a bikini at the gym. But it was great. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a nice mix of, of athleticism, artistic performance, expression. And you say that you were very nervous, but I didn't read that. You looked like, I mean, it looked like you're actually kind of keeping a smile inside. Like you're having, you're almost bubbling over with happiness or not happiness, but like, like, I can't believe it's me. Something like that. Yeah. I really couldn't believe it was me. Like when I saw the video from afterwards and I see myself on stage, I'm like, who is that? Like, that's not me. It's just, there's so, it, it was crazy um, because it was a year and a half of going to the gym and, you know, uh, working on that goal. So it was crazy to sort of have you know, that's, that's the minute and a half that you get to sh- showcase everything you've been working for. So I really enjoyed it. I don't think I would ever do it again, but I really enjoyed it. Was it hard? I mean, was it really brutal, the, all the work to prepare for it while you're in school? It took up a lot of time. For the last three months, especially, I was training three or four hours a day, was eating six meals a day. So you can just imagine the sheer amount of laundry and (laughs) dishes and meal prep that goes into that. And then I was doing a dual degree uh, studies program. So basically, but I've never been so efficient in my entire life because every minute of my life I had planned out and I was doing something that was contributing to my goals. I was either doing homework, I was in class, I was at the gym, I was cooking or other activities to just support my, my life. So even though it was very hectic, I've actually never been probably happier and felt like I was more on top of life than I was at that moment because it just forced me to be, you know, the best version of myself that I could be for that amount of time so I could be concentrated. Yeah. You keep describing it as superficial, but I don't think it, I don't, I used to think of bodybuilding as superficial, even like I'd think of people at the gym as muscle heads and I'm, I haven't won any competitions, but I'm definitely more, well, in some ways more fit now. I mean, when I was competing in ultimate, I was pretty fit in different ways, but it takes a lot of mental focus, discipline, self-awareness, and teaches a lot of those things. People are like, oh, Josh, you're so disciplined, all those burpees. But I don't think discipline, again, it's, they get it backwards. It's not that discipline gets me to exercise. Exercise builds discipline. I think it's deeper than you're describing. Or maybe you're, I think you're being humble. I'm not sure. I think, yeah, there's a very large mental component to it. And it's sort of like you were saying with the environment, you can look at this as a restrictive thing that you're doing that you, that you might not enjoy, or you can look at it um, from the other side and say, this is, this regime is adding structure to my life and it's grounding me and I'm seeing what I'm capable of, which is amazing. When, when else do you have the chance to push yourself to, to the utmost physical limits or mental limits or, or anything like that? Because you sort of remove that barrier of, I need to be reasonable and and balanced and you just let yourself go in that one direction as hard as you can, um, which was an amazing mental challenge as well as a physical challenge. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I'm going to put together what I, I think these elements, tell me if I'm getting it right, that 
you hadn't anticipated, well, before the vegan, you hadn't anticipated any of this. Even after the vegan, you weren't, the health wasn't necessarily coming into place. When the health came in, then you then came in the, and you stumbled on the competition and, and reached a pinnacle. And I think you were pleasantly surprised. I'm not sure pleasantly, but like somewhat surprised, but I think that you discovered something that was more accessible than most people expect, more joyful than most people expect. And I think the videos are, you want that to be available to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like um, when I think about the energy levels that I had before, when I wasn't really focused on this as much, it's just, it's night and day. Waking up full of energy, energized because, you know, you're your body's running on the cleanest fuel possible. And it's, it's a really holistic thing uh, in, in terms of um, how I was doing it anyways. I was, I was eating whole fruits and vegetables, uh, nothing processed. I was buying everything from a local organic farmer at a farmer's market every Saturday. So I just, I felt good about everything as a package. I was on the one hand reducing my food waste, reducing packaging because I was buying everything fresh. But that in turn made me feel a lot healthier um, because I didn't have any pesticides. I didn't have any chemicals going into my body. I was more on top of my homework because I had to make sure I slept like nine hours a night at least. So I was always getting to bed on time. And then I was getting this positive reinforcement from my friends who were cheering me on and seeing that people were actually you know, making changes in their lives as well and seeing positive benefits from that uh, in, in the standpoint of their health. And then I think about the impact that that has overall on agriculture and animal agriculture and reducing the, the number of animals that you know people are eating. That's also a benefit. So it was just, it was this whole package of things that were coming together that was really fulfilling. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. Now, you've almost segued right into the environment, which is where I wanted to go next. And uh, so the environment was part of what it was, but not, I mean, that was part of it. And when you think about the environment, what do you think about? You know, I was thinking about this since our last conversation as well. And what strikes me is, I think I do a lot of things that have positive impacts on the environment. But very rarely have I ever had that as a starting point where I've said, I, I want to do something that's good for the environment. What, how can I change my life in a way to, to support that? It's more so been, okay, I want to go to this local organic farmer. And then you know, after a couple of months of doing that, I was walking home one day with all his vegetables in my Ikea bag and thinking to myself, wow, imagine I've just done this for, for months on end without entering a grocery store. I don't have any, like I don't use any bags or packaging when I buy that stuff. If if I think about the impact that has over a year, that's amazing. Or similarly, I try to practice minimalism, so I don't own a lot of things. I don't buy a lot of things. I've had a lot of my clothes for for ten plus years, and I never did that because I thought to myself, "Oh, I want to help the environment." I was just I don't really believe much in consumerism. I don't have that much of a drive for material possessions anyways. And I don't have much budget oftentimes, especially when I was a student. But I then think about that after the fact and I think, well, that's actually something really great for the environment. 
as well because I'm buying recycled things or I'm not buying things at all, which, you know, reducing again, my footprint. But like you said, there, there are other aspects, which, which obviously I've not, not been as great about in terms of like flying a lot. Um, especially when I was a, a consultant back and forth to client sites every week, uh, taking at least two flights, sometimes more. So I guess that's where I've sort of been with the environment is I think I've made some good decisions, some not as good, but none of them were really motivated as much from the standpoint of helping the environment as I wish they would have been because I think like everyone, I enjoy the environment. I just haven't put it at the forefront of my thoughts as much as I could have. So when you said that you wish you could have done more, I mean, what do you wish for? I mean, you said good decisions. What's good? What's bad relative to the environment? I mean, it's different for different people, I find. For sure. I think sometimes I'll, I will give myself a pass because I've seen sort of aggregate numbers on what the animal agriculture industry does in terms of, um, you know, impact on the environment and water usage and things like that. So I'll think to myself, well, because I'm already doing one sort of major lifestyle thing that's having a positive impact, maybe I don't need to focus on all of the smaller details. Maybe I won't turn off all, all the lights when I'm running late and leaving my house. Or sometimes I forget to bring bags uh, when I go buy things. I end up with plastic bags and I'll sort of feel bad about that. So I think, again, uh, being a consultant, I like to sort of focus on the different buckets, look at the biggest bucket and have an impact there. And then I'm sort of neglecting other things that I could easily do in my life that would also have an impact um, because I'm sort of, you know, giving myself a pass based on other things that I'm doing well versus instead of just saying across the board, what can I do in every category to maximize my impact and benefit to the environment? So going into consultant speak, if I, I haven't consulted as much as you have, but I feel like a lot of what you're talking about is strategy and strategies. I'm also asking about values and what's driving, like what gives direction to the strategy. And I'm reading that you, I mean, you're doing lots of things that are tangentially related to the environment and end up having an effect that you like. But I'm, I think I'm reading that you, there's something in you, maybe it's just because you're talking to me, but that you're interested in maybe doing more, especially now that you're not doing, you're not, I imagine you're still keeping fit, but probably not at the level that you were before. That's and right. Yeah. There's something appealing about it to you, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I guess because I'm, passionate about so many causes, sometimes it's hard for me to decide what to prioritize. So for example, something that I've struggled with in the past is being vegan. I don't buy leather for animal cruelty reasons, etc. But then I think about the environmental impact of that sometimes. And I think about something such as a leather pair of boots. And if I buy one pair of leather boots and it lasts me say 10 years versus if I buy something that's fake leather, but it it wears not as well and is maybe produced with child labor, which is also something I care about. And then it gets thrown in a landfill after one year and I have to sort of buy 10 pairs to get the same amount of wear. I don't know what decision is better there because there are pros and cons of both sides. And since I care both about the environment and also about animals, sometimes these things come into conflict and then I'm not sure, I'm not sure where I stand on those things and, and what the best thing to do is. Oh, okay, so I'm but, picking up that I think one of the top things for you about environmental, about the environment is that it's kind of complicated and messy and you're not really sure, I could do this, I can't do that. So you, 
if I'm reading right, then you're, you've been living a life and saying, okay, I got it pretty well down. You haven't really focused on it, but partly because it's complicated. Yeah, I, but that shouldn't also, it is complicated. And sometimes I, I am in those type of uh, questions about it, but other times I should just try harder, right? Um, I should never use a plastic bag when I go to buy something I should plan in advance, ideally. So I think there's both sides to it as, you know, we all have so many things going on in our lives and we can only focus on so many. So this isn't something that's really been at the top of my mind as much as it could have been. And I could do better on that. But then on the other hand, I feel like some some issues are quite complicated and it's not always clear what the correct decision is. It's funny, just this morning I was reading, do you know Joshua Becker? You talked about minimalism. Uh, no, I don't. Okay, he's he's got a blog, a minimalism blog and I'm reading his book and he talked about how a lot of people when they think about minimalism, before they start, they often ask about like, what I do about my uh, you know, very sentimental things or irreplaceable things. And they jump into the hardest things and it keeps them from starting. And yeah. that, and I feel like I'm hearing that from you. And if that's the case, most of the time, as, as I mentioned last time we spoke, I'd like to invite people to act on something based on their values. And in your case, the t- or the thing that they think of when they think about the environment, in your case, if some of it is complication or not really sure where to start, or it might be time consuming, I'm thinking about breaking the mold just to experiment and suggest to you what he suggests, which is to make the first thing you do something so easy. Like you could start with like, should I keep my high school diploma or should I throw it away? Like that's a kind of complicated thing if you liked high school. And I say that because <laughs> I have not yet gotten rid of my high school diploma. And I don't, it's like, I don't need it. Anyway, but on the other hand, there's some things that are so easy to get rid of. And when you get rid of them, it makes the next thing a little easier. And you know, this is what he was suggesting. Just start with the really easy stuff. In his case, he went to his car and just saw like straws and ketchup packages. And it's like, I don't need these. And the next day, next time we went in his car and drove, he was like, oh my God, it feels so free and light. And I wonder if I could suggest with you something that normally I invite people, but I wonder if there's something that's such low hanging fruit and so easy and so obvious that it might fit with you. Like it might not trigger any of these things of like, oh, but what about this? What about that? Is there anything like any obvious things that could be easily done? Yeah, I think one thing I could definitely do is before I leave my house, just always ensuring that any source of electricity is off, like all the lights in every room, you know, that's something that I I try to do, but I'm not 100% on if I am running late and I could just make that a rule that I'm always going to be 100% on making sure everything is off because it is something so basic that we should all do realistically. And is it something that if you are in a hurry, is it going to mess you up? Because if it stresses, if it, it might not be the lowest hanging fruit, but it might be. Maybe. I'm, <laughs> I'm very good at following rules-based approaches in general, which is why <laughs> I think I loved bodybuilding. Uh, so as long as it's set as a rule, that's something that's always going to happen. I'll just, you know, plan ahead accordingly and make sure it does. So Vanessa just said, I'm a total nerd, Josh. No, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> so how, and I like to make it a smart goal. And uh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-bound. How long do you think it would take to do before, if I asked you back for a second episode, for you to share how it went? Well, I can start it basically immediately, but I think it should be a long enough time period that it is actually a challenge. Obviously, if it's for one week, that's not that's not impressive. Um, so, uh, you know, some time period longer than that, like a month or so, um, I think I can definitely commit to doing that. 
Okay. So for a month, you would, you would, every time you leave a room, a building, I, I help the more specific, I find them more easily. Like is, yeah. is it happen if you're going to someone else's place? Also oh, every room in your house or wherever. So when you go from the kitchen to the living room, you might turn off the kitchen light and then. It, yeah. Okay. Let's do it like that. All right. There's a couple of things I say to some ga- to guests, which is to, um, two things often make it challenging. One is when you travel, which might not be such a problem for you. Other people can be like, especially if it's diet related, travel comes, sometimes mixes things up. Uh, and the other is other people. I know that my mom, oh my, <laughs> my mom and stepfather, I keep turning off the lights because they, they leave all the lights on all the time, not all of them all the time. And it, it, I'm like, no one's been in this room for an hour. No one's going to be in this room for an hour. Turn this light off. And they're like, who turned off that light? And I'm like, no one was in there. Anyway, uh, so it's not that now you have to know all the solutions, but I just like to point out to people, things often happen that no one could have possibly predicted. And so don't, I tell people not to try to predict everything. The one thing that doesn't work, I find, is if people say, ah, it didn't work, I give up. I just want to try to prepare people not to, you know, that yeah. could happen, but not that sometimes people will feel that way. Generally not my style. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to wrap up with asking, is there anything I didn't think to ask that's worth bringing up and any message directly to the listeners? Well, I would sort of invite listeners if they haven't thought about looking at the impacts of the animal agriculture industry and those things on the environment to sort of do their own research and and look at that because that is one of the main ways, according to also the UN's latest report, that we can make an impact on the environment is by reducing the consumption of meat and dairy. So that's just something I, I would want to bring up as well. Okay. I don't think I could really add to that. Uh, I might add a little bit that it's really fun and joyful and delicious, I find. After, I enjoy it. Oh, and then I can't help but add, because you in everything you do, and you can be as, you can do whatever you want, including winning bodybuilding competitions. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Uh, it just becomes part of your life. Well, Vanessa Herring, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Josh. I like how she said that she had succeeded in business, then she succeeded in school, you know, beyond all measure. And then she takes on bodybuilding and she wins a competition. I felt like at that point she could retire. I like how she brings everything she has to everything, yet remains humble. And that taking things to limits combined with that she was nervous about starting something because people feel like I might get attacked or people feel like I might not get it. And so people hold back from acting on these things. I'm curious to see how an achiever like her, humble as she is, takes on this challenge. Probably not too difficult, especially for someone who's achieved as much as she has. But you never know until it happens because you never know how something connects with something else in life. So I look forward to hearing how a vegan bodybuilder, Ivy League management consultant handles turning off the lights. But I suspect however limited it sounds, it will lead to more. But we'll see. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and Living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. 
I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.